0: الله اكبر الله I will witness that Muhammad i
1: <تسجيل> <سؤال> بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له ونشدو الله إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشدو أن محمدًا عبد ورسول أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى فرق فرقان مجيد فرقان حميد بعد عوذ بالله من شيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الناس ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فازا فاز الفوز العظيم صدق الله العظيم فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعه وكل بدعة ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that just as he has gathered us here today on this day of Jum'ah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with our families in Jart firdaus al-A'la in the companionship of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and his sahaba, Amin ya rabbal alameen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who will enter into Jannah along with our families bidune hisab without any accountability, Amin ya rabbal alameen. Today, I want to talk about a very important issue that exists within our, especially when it comes to our youth. A lot of questions that come to their mind, and not only that, but many questions that come to the mind of adults too. We often hear questions being asked, such as, Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala need my worship? I heard one time a person saying that, I'm sure Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more things to worry about. He has to run the entire creation. If I miss two raka'a salat, or if I miss my fajr, or I miss my isha, I'm sure Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has more things to worry about. I've heard things such as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why is he so much in need of my worship? Does he benefit my worship or not? Because their idea or their logic was. That if I don't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's still okay without me. And if I do worship Him, He's still the same. Then why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala push us to worship Him over and over again? And then another comment I've heard so much that Islam takes the fun out of life. Islam does not provide freedom. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is against the freedom of the human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to make life difficult for us. And subhanallah, when you hear these kind of things over and over again, personally, I'm not a person, you know, I'm a person that I cannot just hear these things and say, okay, you know what, this is the mindset of many people. But I felt like today I want to sort of take all these kind of questions and summarize the answers to these questions or comments that have come from many people. And I want to address them in a khutbah. First of all, we have to understand that every single raka'ah, when I stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Every single raka'ah and every single salat we have to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. And in that Surah fatiha we first declare the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb. And then we declare the fact that he is a merciful Rabb. He is one who is consistently merciful upon his creation. And then we again declare his authority. Just like he is a Rabb and the has authority likewise in the third verse of al Fatiha we again declare the the authority of Allah by saying what maliki that on the day of judgment when the entire creation from the beginning of Ad, from the front, from the time of Adam to the last human being, and every single jinn from beginning to end will be in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only one whose authority matters the most on that day is the authority of Allah jalla ala, and that is the only authority that matters. It does not matter what status a person has in this dunya, it will become irrelevant, it will become absolutely irrelevant on the day of judgment. Besides, there's only one human being who will be given the most fadl on that day and that is our Prophet Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But nonetheless, first of all, we have to understand that when it comes to a servant and when it comes to a slave, there's a difference. There is a very clear difference. See, a servant provides a service. When you go to work, you are providing a service. Though you may call yourselves an employee and there is an employer, but you are nonetheless a servant of that organization. You are a servant of that company. When it comes to a contract, for example, between you and your employer, you can dictate your terms the employer says that you have such and such skill sets this is how i want to use you this is how i want you to use your skill sets to help us and help our company and what do you do you say that you know what these are my terms i want this day off or that day off and i want to work this many hours and that many hours and not only that but then the most important thing we always dictate is the pay we always talk about the pay and this is how much you want and so forth But nonetheless, the point is, that you as a person you are the person who's about to become the employee you get to dictate your terms and when you dictate your terms you have a full right to deny anything that they want to say if you say I want to walk out and I don't want this job you have a full right to do so if you are you have if you have taken the job and down the road you feel like that this job is not a good a good fitting for you and your schedule and your finances then you can find something else and you can relieve yourself from that contract and not only that but a person who provides a service you provide a service for some hours of the day and the rest of the day that time is for you that is what you call a servant but we have to realize we're not only servants to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because a slave on the other hand we are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a slave on the other hand is owned by someone else and that means that everything that is a associated with that human being that is also owned by the, the other entity. And in this case, when it comes to us as being the slaves of Allah, everything is owned by who? By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That means that everything that we have, whether it's our time, whether it's our health, whether it's our capacities or our abilities or the money that we have or the families that we have, whatever we have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, and he's the one who dictates the terms, not we. When we feel like that I can dictate the terms, then that is that is a time when we are no longer the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I want to be a true slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I need to understand that I cannot dictate the terms. When people say, imagine going to work, and you're supposed to be paid at the end of the month, and you don't get paid for one month, you don't get paid for two months, what do you do? You will easily walk out on that job. You will tell your boss that you know what you haven't paid me on time. You haven't paid me for my services. I don't owe you anymore. And he will not have a right to say anything to you because he has not held up his end of the bargain when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what a servant can say. But as a slave, a slave cannot tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you did not hold up your end of the bargain. Hence I you don't you don't get my worship today. We are not in that position to say that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because once again, a slave has never been in that position to begin with. So that is why the very first thing is, we have to mentally change our mindset. We have to think differently, that we're not someone who is a servant to Allah. Yes, we provide, we do our salawat and so forth. We do our ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but more than anything else, when I say, alhamdulillahi Rob, there is a rab, and a rab is a master, and the opposite of a master is a slave. We declare this whether we understand or not. When I say Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, we are declaring that we are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's interesting to note is that the people in the Makkah, the people in Makkah at the time of the Prophet sallallahu the Makkans, they had a very, a very similar mindset. At that time, why were they called mushrikun? Because they did acknowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Allah says in the Quran if you were to ask these people who created the skies and the earth, they will say that Allah has created it. But then, when they were asked who is the Rabb of the as and al-'arid, is the Rabb and the master of the skies and the earth, they will not respond. You know why? Because for them to respond that Allah truly, indeed, is the Rabb, that would mean that now they have become the slaves to Allah subhanahu wa taala, and they could never admit to that. Think about a Muslim nowadays when he says that you know what I want to be a Muslim and I'm proud to call myself a Muslim and I'm proud to call Allah as my Rabb and I'm proud to call Muhammad Rasulullah as my Prophet. But you want to live your own life and you want to dictate what is halal and what's haram and you want to dictate what's right and what's wrong. That means that though you have declared that Allah is your Lord but you have not understood what it means to be a slave to Allah subhanahu so that is why the very first thing brothers and sisters is that we have to understand that we are not in a position to dictate our terms with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just like When it comes to the example I gave of not being paid on time, when it comes to us, we're not in a position to say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I will not do for you because you did not do for me. Once again, brothers and sisters, I've said this before, that our relationship with Allah is not a contractual one. It's not something that you do for me and I do for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us very clearly that He's not in need of our worship. Now that we have understood that we are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the question that comes is, then why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much in need of our worship? We have to first of all understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is unlike any other possessor of power and authority on this earth. When you look at every single person who has authority right now, the people choose when it comes to, for example, we had elections recently, people who are now in the position of authority in any capacity it's the people who decide whether they will be in the position of authority or not people who were incumbents now they were no longer they were no longer reelected it happens on earth but the point is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not like them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such an authority that whether we accept it or not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is in an authority and people, they can decide who they like or who they don't like. If people get together and they want to overthrow a government, they can overthrow a government. If people get together and they want to remove someone from power, they can remove someone from power. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only power that no matter how much people like or dislike, no one can remove Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his power and from his position of authority. And that is why we refer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Al-Aziz, Al-Aziz. If you pick up any translation of the word Al-Aziz, it will say the one who has mighty and the one who has power. But it's not only might and power which makes Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala unique, because the word as Al-Aziz implies power and it means respect also. There are people if you don't want to respect them, you don't respect them. But they will have power. On the other hand, there are people who do not have power but they have authority. On the other hand, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is Al-Aziz. Whether we accept it or not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be and will never ever be removed. In fact, when the time comes of the Day of Judgment and everything will collapse, at that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, لِمَنِ Today, is there anyone who has power besides Allah? And when there will be no response, Allah he himself will, will declare, Qahar." It belongs only and only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is why the very first thing about this is that Allah is not like any other person who has posi- who has authority number 2 is about the same topic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not ask us to worship him out of narcissism or neediness a human you find people you find you know whatever people they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if people left them you see people worship worshipping idols The idols are sitting there doing absolutely nothing. As Allah says in the Quran, they do not have the ability to benefit, no harm. They're just sitting there. If they are abandoned, they are abandoned and so forth. (coughs) What do people do? They say, go and worship them, go and worship them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need our worship, brothers and sisters. Think about a physician. When a physician says to his patient, I'm writing you a prescription and you take this prescription isn't he giving an order indeed he's giving an order but he's giving an order not because he will benefit from it but rather the patient will benefit from it think about a child when a child is reading a book does that literature benefit from that child reading or does that child benefit from that literature that literature will remain there till the day of judgment but it's the child that will benefit likewise when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you and I every single command brothers and sisters if you actually feel that Allah is taking away the fun out of life and why is Islam doing this and why does Islam say this is haram and this is haram and this is haram it's haram because Allah knows that it's it's harmful for us Allah will not tell us to stay away from something just because he feels like it but Allah knows within his own infinite wisdom that this is not good for us from top to bottom every single thing that Allah has made haram there's a reason for that and the reason is to protect us Allah cares up for us he wants to protect us he wants us to live in a happy lifestyle so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us hence you should do it this way and remember brothers and sisters that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he makes all these rules once again, it is there so that you and I can be happy. Allah, does not, Allah is not, he does not gain happiness out of this. It is we that we become happy. When Allah says in the Quran, whoever does righteous deeds and they are men or women, Allah says, فَلَنُّهِيَنَّهُ hayatan I will give them a happy life. Now when you hear that happy life, the first thing that comes to our mind is, well, I go through difficulties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, I will go through a happy life. Remember every single person will have to go through difficulties. This is part of our commitment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, every single non-Muslim, they will have to also go through difficulties. But a believer is a one who has difficulties in their life, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for them to work and navigate around those difficulties. But a person who is far from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, they will have the same amount of difficulties, but they won't be able to navigate around those, um, they will not be able to navigate Around those difficulties. So the most the second most important thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us to worship him not because Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala needs it but because Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala he wants to benefit us Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will not enforce something good upon us but Allah will say I want to see your commitment I want to see your loyalty when we show our, our loyalty to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala even if it's not at the highest magnitude but when we show a little commitment to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala he does much more for us the next important thing is that As I said earlier, the question is, Islam takes the freedom out of everything. Islam takes the fun out of everything. We have to understand, brothers and sisters, when either you are a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or you are a slave to your shahawat, simple as that. Either you are a slave to Allah, or you are a slave to your shahawat. If you are a slave to your shahwat, society tells us, do whatever you want to do. Society today, go ahead and study sociology. Sociology 101 will teach you that the society dictates what is right and what is wrong. The society dictates what is normal and what is abnormal. The society dictates what is is considered morally right or morally uh, incorrect. The thing is that if this is what we want to follow, then remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on one hand, He has told us from the beginning till the day of judgment, these are the things that are going to please me. And these are the things that are going to make me upset. On the other hand, you can become a victim and you can become a slave of your shahwat. And by the way, the society causes freedom. They tell you, you want freedom. You should always go for freedom. Do not let do not let religion tell you what you can do, what you cannot do, but live your life as you wish. Wallahi, brothers and sisters, when you become, when you run after, when we run after that which the society calls freedom, you are actually enslaved to the society. When the society says stand up, you will stand up. When the society says sit down, you will sit down. When the society says get rid of this, whatever you have, you will get rid of it. You have become a slave to the society. And guess what? Society always changes. The standards always change. What's today normal? Will tomorrow become abnormal? So hence, you have no more feelings for yourself. You cannot even do whatever you want to do anymore. Why? Because you have become a slave. They call it freedom, but you have become enslaved to the society. And hence, you cannot do whatever you want anymore. On the other hand, when you become a slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the other hand, when you say I submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is when. That is true freedom. Why? Because Allah does not change His terms. Allah Taala does not say, Today I want you to do this, or tomorrow I want you to do this. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it so clear for us. This is all that I want from you. And subhanallah, what's, in, what's amazing about this, brothers and sisters, is how much Allah is willing to give us, how many blessings Allah has given you and I, for what Allah is asking us in return is wallahi so minute. It is so less. Allah is telling us, give me little and I will give you a whole lot more. But we today, we are saying, I'm not even willing to give you a little that I want, oh Allah, or what you want. Then how can you expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us? Allah is not saying that you take 12 hours for yourself and give me 12 hours. That would have been fair. There are 24 hours in a day. Allah could have said that I am the one who establishes justice. Get take 12 hours for your life. Give me 12 hours. That would have been fair. No one can question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is saying, take. 23 hours to yourself. 23 and a half hours to yourself. Give me half an hour a day at least. Take some time out for Qur'an. Take some time out for Salat. And yet we can't do that. Brothers and sisters, trust me. There is no freedom when you run after your shahawat because now your shahawat becomes the master and you become the slave. The last thing I want to quickly mention is when we talk about that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the master and we are the slave it should never be taken as that Allah is the type of master who leaves his, who leaves his creation hanging. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring difficulties. Keep this in mind. There's always going to be difficulties. But wallahi, listen to me very carefully when I say this. When the time, the critical time comes, when the most critical time comes, Allah will never leave you hanging. When Musa alayhi salam he went through difficulty after difficulty. Yet when he came to the sea, right behind him is Fir'aun. What did the people of Bani they say, "Ya Musa, مُوسَى إِنَّا لَمُدْرَكُونَ We're caught. Now he's going to take us, he's going to kill us, he's going to execute us and so forth. He says, "Kalla إِنَّ Rabbi مَعِيَ سَيَهْدِينَ At the most critical time in Musa's life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala parted the sea for him. When the most critical times Allah is there for you in Gharith, Gharith, uh, Gharith Thawr when it is mentioned that had the Quraysh just looked down they would have been able to see rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and abu bakr what did allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in uh, when he said he says to the prophet says la tahzan ma'ana allah is with us the most critical time allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there when ibrahim alayhi salam put down isma'il وسلم, to sacrifice him at the most critical time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was there to save Ismail and he replaced him with a lamb or a sheep. The point is that we often don't have trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of our own lack of faith. But remember, when you are there for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in your most critical times, Allah will be there for you too. But you have to put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those who have their trust in Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who make, make us from amongst those who, are, who have been given the honor to be called the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to worship him more and more. Ami Rabbul Alameen. Barakallahu lana wa lakum filqu al-an'azim. Wa Nafana wa iyaakum rati wa Al hakeem. Astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa lisa'il Al Muslimin astaghfiru innahu hu hu al-ghafur raheem. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له ونشدد إلى الله وحده ولا شريك له أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد فاقا حميد بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا اي الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلّم تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اما بعد اللهم صل اسلام والمسلمين اللهم صل اسلام والمسلمين في كل مكان اللهم صلنا على من خالفنا واحفظ بلادنا واصلح اولادنا واشفي مرضانا وعافي مبتلانا وارحم موتانا وخذ بيدنا الى كل خير وعصمنا من كل شر وحفظنا من كل ضير اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا وعملا متقبلا ورزقا واسعا وشفاء من كل دا اللهم إنا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع من نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يستجاب آمين يا رب العالمين إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيطاء القلبة وينهى عن من المنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني أذكركم لي ولا تكفرون أقيم الصلاة Straight lines filling the gaps. There's a lot of space in the main hall, so please come inside. Brothers in the back, two rooms, um, please make sure the rows are complete. If you see a space in front of you, please complete that space. Brothers in the, in the uh, multi purpose hall, please come inside.
0: الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمدا رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد صلاه
1: قد قامت الله اكبر اكبر لا اله الا الله لا اله الله اكبر قل اعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس اله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس الله اكبر Sami'Allahu ni man hamidah, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar,